And welcome back to Harry Potter and the Reread Podcast. I'm your host, David Jansen, joined, as always, with my co-host, Kyle Jans. Kyle, how are you? Enjoying a snowy Sunday afternoon, I gotta say. I just sounded like I had let out a big yawn. I swear I'm not tired, though. I won't be tired when we're discussing these next two chapters, because we're at a really big breaking point, not only in this book, but in the entire series there's a major shift in momentum and we get to see a new character essentially kind of be born from the dead once again we're going to be talking two chapters today we're talking uh chapter 32 flesh blood and bone and chapter 33 the death eaters yeah i said this last time these were probably the best chapters so far um I just really enjoyed them. Not a whole lot happens. I mean, there's one major plot point that's about to happen. Um, I guess two, one in each chapter. I guess maybe this plot points are in the first chapter. I don't really know. We'll, we'll go through it. Um, but just really, really good stuff uh, in these ones. So we don't need to drag it out. Why don't you take us through probably the shortest chapter we've ever read, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. All right. So... Cedric and Harry, they have touched this port key and they are transformed or transferred to this graveyard. So they land there. They don't know where they are and they're wondering if this is part of the task. A figure emerges from the mist behind them and approaches them. The figure looks like it's carrying a baby. They hear a high shrieking voice that says, kill the spare. And this figure uses Avada Kedavra on Cedric, and he drops dead. Harry's scar is in the worst pain that he's ever felt in his life. And he, the figure starts tying Harry up to a grave. He notices two things. The hand of the person tying him up is missing a finger. It's Wormtail. And he's being tied to Tom Riddle's tombstone. Wormtail finishes tying Harry up and reveals the baby figure. It's this childlike, terrible-looking creature. And then Wormtail goes off to retrieve a massive cauldron and places this creature inside. Harry hopes that it'll drown in the liquids that is there, but that is not the case. Wormtail grabs three final elements for this potion that he's brewing. Bones of the father unwillingly given to renew his son. Dust from the grave but from below him rises, and Wormtail puts that dust into the potion. Flesh of the servant willingly given will renew his master. Wormtail cuts off his hand and puts it into the potion. And then blood of the enemy forcibly taken to revive his foe. Wormtail cuts Harry's arm and takes blood from it for the potion. There's a ton of smoke and vapor, and Harry loses sight of everything. Uh, once it's settled, there's a snake-like skeleton man who emerges from the cauldron and demands that Wormtail rope him. Voldemort has risen again. Yeah. It's awesome. It awesome. was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, so oftentimes when we're making show notes, we'd like pick the plot points in the chapter we want to talk about, but the chapter's too short. We're just going to talk about what happened in the chapter. Yeah. So obviously the first thing that happens in the chapter, I guess the first thing that happens is they arrive. The second thing that happens in the chapter, uh, Cedric dies. Very quickly. Um, very quickly. And he never really had a chance. Um, 
which is not something I, I necessarily noted. So so they land there. They think about, oh, maybe it's part of the task. Maybe not. I don't know why you wouldn't. I'll talk, I'll hold on that. I'll hold on to that thought. But so they're there. They pull their wands out. They're looking around. Stranger approaches. Uh, they aren't going to just randomly attack a stranger in a graveyard. No. And because of that, he dies immediately. Um, it's just stranger approaches, hear the voice, dead. Uh, the other thing that happens at that time is when the voice starts talking, Harry's basically down for the count because his scar goes off and it's excruciatingly painful. He's just out. So like, I probably distract Cedric as well. So if any chance he may have had, it's done. He has no chance. He has no mm-hmm. chance. Um, well, he from... might as well have died in the transportation. Like it was instantaneous. Like I think one of the thoughts I was sort of thinking is like, was there something he could have? No, there's nothing he could have done. Yeah. No, right, right from the moment, like there was very little hesitation or time to pass between the kill the spare order and then the spell being cast. And when you're so disoriented as well, like I don't know if there would have right. been anything that they could have done. It basically, think- it basically goes kill the spare. Harry's scar goes off. Cedric looks down to see what's going on, and then he's dead. Yeah, like it happens like you hear that phrase like happen in the flash of an eye and this literally is or in, within the yes. blink of an eye yeah like, cedric he's built up to be like one of the best hogwarts students in the school and you know becoming to co take on any task that's ahead of him yeah. he's a big deal in harry's world and in the books but then it just kind of shows how powerful Voldemort is here in this moment where he can just be thrown away like an afterthought just like that after he's been built up as like this incredible character throughout the book that's it I I think that's the point I think that that's really the point to show the power of of Voldemort which brings you to the other thing that happened is obviously Voldemort's back now uses this little spell um the it's a good plan I guess we can we can talk about it now the plan to revive himself he wants harry potter we'll talk a bit more about that maybe next chapter on our next chapter stuff but he wants harry potter he comes up with the plan to do it make harry win port key to the graveyard revive lord voldemort like that's the thing the, the, i would if you're not reading along and you want to read very like just like just read this chapter because the descriptors of the like spell and harry hoping that this thing drowns like they're very good like it mm-hmm. it's like only a few pages and it's it's just like a very interesting thing to read, but that's what it is. It's you go that Harry's a required part of this spell. And, and there it is. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. No, that's exactly it. I wonder if it was here. Yeah, he did have a lot of the, it was blood from an enemy. Voldemort did have a lot of enemies. I think maybe he could have gotten away without using Harry. Maybe? Yeah. He could have, and and they, they touched on that in the next chapter. Is Wormtail's like, well, why don't we just use anybody? And he's like, no, I want Harry Potter, and that's um, there's well, yeah. value in in that yeah. um, to remove some of the protections, I guess. But but it's a powerful statement for him wanting to go straight for yeah Harry there yeah um yeah, and then like we kind of said in the in the descriptors, there's three I guess final things that they needed. They needed his father's muggle bones he needed uh quite the sacrifice of mm-hmm. a entire hand from wormtail yeah the 
gift that keeps on giving this guy. He uh, yeah. he's in rough shape after this, and we'll go into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, overall, it's it's really powerful. Um, I guess we could note too that this is Tom Riddle's old house. This is the same hideout yeah, that they were using from where we, where we started, started the book. book. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, there was. Uh, uh, let me just ask you this question then. Is there anything in this chapter you had forgotten? No, no, nothing. no agreed. This very is memorable, very short, very memorable. Like I said, the only thing is like the instantaneousness of it. But even that, it wasn't that it was instantaneous. It was more that I just wasn't sure if there was anything else that could have been done. So let's uh, let's jump do, ahead. Do you think that they could have just grabbed the cup again? Well, this is and... the thing that I want to talk about. This is the only thing that doesn't really make sense in this chapter. Is why didn't they just grab the cup and leave? Yeah. And and the only thought I really have is maybe they didn't know if it was part of the task or not. Yeah. Um, but that's a dumb thought because only one person was supposed to grab the trophy. And so because of that, it's not like because the cup comes with them. Um, it's not like somebody could have followed you because you have the cup so the porky's gone like it comes with you in the in the process so it was very clearly not but again it was it was so fast like i don't i don't begrudge them for for looking around it's not like they went on like a 10 minute journey they were just sort of looking no. around seeing what's happening wormtail appears and, and he's dead so yeah maybe we should have grabbed the cup immediately but there wasn't it wasn't like they wasted a lot of time no, I, I agree with you like that in the moment. Maybe that is something that could have been done, but it's Vol Voldemort or Wormtail. They were waiting for them. And then who's right. to even say that even if they would have started to make a break for it again, that they weren't going to get caught. Right. Right. Like, right. There's no I, I imagine Wormtail would have done something to trip them up before they got to the cup because they can't summon the cup. Because if they summon it, only one person gets it and you're leaving the other guy there to die. And we know that neither of them would do that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that doesn't make sense is what an extraordinary complex plan to get Harry to this graveyard when at basically any point in the book, Moody could have got Harry alone and <laughs> just asked him to pass him something. And poof, this pen is a quirky and now you're in the graveyard. Like, I don't think it was a timing thing. It's just, I get that they maybe needed the Triwizard Tournament to get Moody at Hogwarts. Um, and it needed to be Moody because anybody else would be, so, like if it was an existing teacher, anybody else would be so used to, um, like they're, like, it'd be hard, if you're used to working with the same person every day for years and years and years, they would notice the uh, intricacies, the being, differences. Yeah, being for off. sure. But with Moody, a he's new, and b he's a weirdo, so it's easier to impersonate him. But once they got him in the school, using the tournament as cover to get Moody into the school, I don't know why we had to win the thing. Like it's true. I guess maybe like the only thing I could think of would be Moody saying like Harry stay with me after class for a second and then they never saw Harry again who would be but who but who cares you don't but have I to guess see at him that again. point it's true you don't have to see me he's going to die so it just that's the only thing it like it's a very intricate plan that feels overkill um yeah. when you think about the fact that anything can be a poor key 
and Moody's already in place. And it, it wasn't nothing. He, Harry didn't have to achieve anything in order to, he didn't have to be like a level 10 wizard in order for the spell to be effective. He just had to have blood in his, right? Yeah. So maybe just, yeah, having the largest crowd possible to know. I don't really know. I'm, yeah, because it's cause, hard to argue that. Because he's not, but we can say that Voldemort definitely has the flair for the dramatics. He's not expecting Harry to go back to the school. No. So again, it's more of like, you're right. The spectacle of Harry's gone. Oh shit. He's back, but nobody would really know. And as we know, we're going to find out Harry's going to tell them he's back and, and no one's going to listen. So I, I don't, I don't really, again, you're, you, we kind of talked about it, but I think plot armor, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, any quotes that jumped out to you? Like, like I said, it's very great chapter. So, um, the, it's again, you had talked about like a lot of the descriptions, and this is very like, uh, yeah, very adjective heavy uh, type of chapter. But just the description of the baby Voldemort, uh, the yeah. thing, the thing Walmart worn tail had been carrying had the shape of a crouched human child, except that Harry had never seen anything less like a child. It was hairless and scaly looking, a dark, raw, reddish black. Its arms and legs were thin and feeble, and its face, no child alive had ever had a face like that. It was snake-like with gleaming red eyes. It's chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went with a quote from the beginning from Cedric, and he says, Wands out, do you reckon? Yeah, said Harry, glad that Cedric had made the suggestion instead of him. And I don't understand that thought process. Like, is he, is is the thought that Cedric's nervous? And so Harry's glad that Cedric, that he didn't show Cedric that he's also scared. Is that the? I think so. Yeah, that's kind of what I gathered from mm-hmm. it. Or else mm-hmm. like trying to, or else he was just glad that someone else also thought that it was a weird or scary situation. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that though. Yeah, that's fine. Um yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we move on to MVP, LVP? No. Uh, only other thing is like for one swift movement, which it sounded like Wormtail was able to cut his hand off with. I feel like if he was actually cutting his entire hand off, you would need to hack and saw it a little bit. And it wouldn't just be that quick little movement that he was able to give. Must have been a very, very sharp dagger. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah. So LVP, where did you go? Uh, I considered two. Um, Harry, like he's not a loser because he didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't have a lot of luck this chapter. And it's not fun to have to watch someone die and experience that for the first time. And watch your mortal enemy come back to power. Right. Uh, but I went. Yeah. And then the other guy I considered was Wormtail. Just because I don't really think he's that wants to be there. But he doesn't have any other choice. We know that he's kind of like a guy that just kind of backed himself into a corner with all of his other old friends. And he didn't really have any other choice but to do this. And now because of that, he's helped out Voldemort and essentially given him the power that he has wanted forever. So 
between the two Wormtail more fits the description for me this chapter. That's fine. I can't I can't blame Harry for what he got himself into. Yeah, I mean I mean that's fine. Um so like it's where uh Cedric for dying or <laughs> or Harry for just being captured because there's not, there's not a lot of good options here. Um and I really want to give it to Cedric for dying, but I don't think we can because we talked about it. He had no, there was not nothing he could have done. So I guess I'll go with Harry Harry for this one for just not really having much um, much go on. Uh, but I really want to give it to Cedric, but that's fine. Uh, so does that mean, I think we're going to go with the same person for MVP then. The MVP here is Voldemort. Yeah, while we agree that it's a pretty out there and huge plan that had a lot of additional theatrics that it didn't maybe need. It worked off. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We can move on. There's nothing else to say. We're going to talk about Voldemort a whole bunch here because the next chapter is chapter 33, the Death Eaters. Um, So Voldemort is back. He's examining his new body. Uh, Wormtail asks for a new arm and Voldemort teases him and instead uses his other arm. Uh, and the dark mark on it to summon the Death Eaters. Voldemort does a bunch of monologuing to Harry while he waits for the Death Eaters to arrive. Um, so they start to arrive and they all kiss his robes and he calls them back, calls them out, sorry, for not trying to find him or, or bring him back. He tortures Avery and he tells Wormtail that he deserves the pain um, because he just came back out of fear, but he does give him a new arm. Uh, he calls Lucius out by name and says he did keep to the old way, old ways, but he still should have tried to find him. And we learned that it was Lucius who instigated all the stuff at the World Cup. Um, we we had the, the the Death Eaters sort of going on their crusade after the Cup. Um, he then calls out a few other people. He praises the Lestranges for um, going to Azkaban instead of betraying him. Calls out McNair, Crab, and Goyle. So we're just getting a bunch of, of Death Eater names here. Um and then there, are, he mentions that there are six people missing. There's a spot in the circle where there should be six people. Three are dead. One is too cowardly to return. One who he thinks has left him forever. And one is his most, face, most faithful servant. Um, so Lucius asks, how did you get back? And he monologues again, talks about Lily's sacrifice. And now that since he used Harry's blood, he can touch Harry now. Um, he talked about um, how his plans kept him alive when he should have died, but he was just this powerless creature. Um, he could possess people. And then four years ago, he takes possession of, of Quirrell and we get that whole situation. Then Wormtail comes to find him. And on his way, he encounters Bertha Jorkins and that almost screwed everything up. But um, Wormtail was able to overcome that. And, and Bertha spills the beans about the whole Triwizard tournament, which leads to everything that happened in this book. Um, and she actually also told him of a faithful servant, but in order to get that information out of her, um, they had to remove a memory charm and that sort of ended up like screwing up her brain because there was a really powerful memory charm on there already. And then he just killed her because she was useless to him. And then he explains the whole blood bones, flesh spell. And he, that's actually a spell he created, which is interesting. Um, and then the chapter ends, uh, Voldemort tortures Harry and, and challenges him to, so that he can pr- uh, prove his, his dominance. 
There it is. We, yeah, I don't remember or recall Voldemort being so chatty. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Well, he's the first time he's had a body. He probably just wants to, you know, wants to talk. Um, this is a whole chapter of exposition, obviously. And, and like you mentioned, Voldemort's very chatty here. Um, and we get a lot of the subtle hints we've been going through explained. So obviously we finally get the whole Bertha Jorkins reveal and why do we keep, why do we care? We find we know now. We know now. She had a bunch of key information. The the only thing that we didn't really get tied up here is who is this faithful servant? Um, because we would have, I think we were sort of led to believe at first that it was going to be Wormtail, but it's, but it's not because he's not the faithful servant. He's the cowardly servant. Um, uh, I see. I thought of him as the cowardly servant, just based on the way that he had been treated throughout the entire thing. Right. And Voldemort even calling him out like, Hey, you wouldn't even be here right now. If like right. you didn't have any friends, basically I took it as a reader that Snape was his most loyal servant and his cowardly servant actually was Karkarov. Right. So, so that's yeah. the other thing is there's the six missing people. So the cowardly servant, hundred percent, I agree. That's Karkarov. Um, and then there's one who has left him forever and his most faithful servant. The most faithful servant is Barty Jr. It is, but we're led to believe Snape, I think. Based well, on that. Or are we led to believe that Snape is the one who has left him forever? I, it's interesting because we do we did get that backstory that Dumbledore. Trust like we learned him. that we yeah. learned that Snape turned on him, and so I think. I mean, we definitely know that the that Voldemort thinks the one who has left him forever is Snape, and the most faithful servant is Barty Junior. Yeah, um, but we don't know that yet. We don't know anything about Barty Junior yet. We think he's dead because the three dead people. Um. So one is Rogier, Evan Rogier, which we learned about in Karkaroff's trial. One is a guy named Wilkes Black, who um, was mentioned earlier in the book by Sirius when he was talking about Snape. And there was a bunch of them who were listed as wannabe potential Death Eaters, Mulciber, mm-hmm. um, Avery, uh, and, and this Wilkes Black. And we learned that Wilkes Black is dead. He says he died. And so then the third dead... What we're meant to believe right now is Barty Jr. Because the actually third dead person I looked it up is Regulus Black. He's dead. Okay. We don't we 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 learn about that next, next book. Next yeah. book. We learn about that next book. But we don't know anything about Regulus Black, right? No, there's nothing you could know. So it's it's those are the three dead. Rosier Wilkes, we think Barty Jr. We know Karkaroff is the coward because we know that. Um we think Snape is the one. So it's the, who is the most faithful servant? They've hinted around him. Bertha, we learned that Bertha hinted. So we have no idea. Um, and it is a very big reveal that we're going to get to in the next um, episode. Um, but that's who the six missing people are. Um, yeah, I did not go that far into it, but. Well, I, I was like very that. curious because I couldn't, I wanted to figure out who the dead people were. And and then I was going through it and I was like, wait, we think Barty's dead. Sirius told us, Sirius told us he was dead. And we're pretty sure he was a Death Eater based on the trials from the Pensieve. So, I, it, it's good. It's a it's a fun piece of of stuff. But then, yeah, it's a lot of monologuing. It's a lot of exposition. Explains the whole plan. Clears up why Bertha matters. Like that. That's really what happens here. I, I don't really have anything else to to. Well, I do have a couple of things actually. Um, 
I'm going to go out of order in our normal show notes. I just want to, I want to talk about all the chapter stuff and then we'll go through our, our regular points. Yeah. Um, the world cup was not related to the plan entirely. No, so they were separate events. They were separate events. I believe we're going to find that Barty Crouch was the one who conjured the initial dark mark. Great. Yes. But then once that happened, it's Malfoy who Lucius Malfoy and his pals who then were like, well, you know what? Let's come out. Let's come out of hiding. We'll put our little, uh, we'll put our little masks on and, and torture muggles and whatnot. Um, so, that, but that wasn't really part of the original plan. Um, it was just sort of, let's get the dark mark out there. And, and um, this is how he's going to escape. Mm-hmm. The, the point of the world cup was for Barty Jr. to escape. And again, we're going to go through all that again when we have it fully revealed from the, the horse's mouth, if you will. The other thing that it's not important at all, but it just clocked me as a little weird, is when Voldemort grabs Wormtail's arm, they describe the dark mark as a vivid red tattoo. Mm-hmm. And that seems weird to me because I would have thought it was going to be black or green because green, the Slytherin color, black, just black makes sense. It does turn black when yeah. it's summoned, but in general, it's just a red tattoo. And I, okay, it, I thought it was black and then red when summoned. No, it was the other way around. I'm pretty sure. Interesting, but I don't care enough to look it up. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just wouldn't have thought it would have. Like I thought the colors that would make the most sense are black and green. I don't know why it's red, um, but that's just an un, unrelated fact. Uh, anything else from the contents of the chapter you want to talk about before we go through our our regular stuff? No, basically just like it's very it was very interesting to hear a lot of the names like lucius malfoy we get that confirmation yeah. we hear crab and goyle so all yeah. these ones that are slytherin regulars we know that they're involved and just how much power voldemort has over yeah. these individuals right yeah. like um very quickly they come literally on their hands and knees again to try and get back into his his good books um if we're going to talk about things that didn't make sense to me or one thing that kind of caught me yeah we'll go there we'll We'll jump around why not like voldemort says that his father left his mom after she told him she was a witch so assuming that he was gone his father before she gives birth and then died why did he get the name tom riddle jr well, his mom, I guess. She died, well, though. Well, so maybe that, maybe, so maybe the hospital did it. Maybe, yeah. Oh, then it says that fool, like there is a quote that says that fool gave me his name, Tom Riddle. Right, but if you're, you don't know that. You don't know That's necessarily true. where it came from, right? You, your mother died in, in childbirth, I believe. Like, you don't know. You yeah. have to have a name. You have to have a name. So what are the nurses going to do? Oh, colonial england like let's do it junior for what do you think the it's probably like the see if we can find tom riddle date of birth what, what do you think i'm gonna find here i'm gonna think the 40s probably 1926 no we're way off yeah oh i guess harry potter was born in 1980 it's it true just, yeah he started school in 1992 okay okay that makes sense uh, another um, thing that I thought was weird is Voldemort calls out Lucius for not doing enough and not searching for him after his demise. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't make sense to me because he's the one 
who put Tom Riddle's diary in Ginny's cauldron in the second book. Correct. Like that's that wasn't trying like to find a, him. That was trying to do something else. And I think I think what we really learned there is uh, Lucius did not know what it was. And he was just trying to get rid of any inc- potentially incriminating evidence. Okay. But on that same vein, this is the thing that doesn't make sense is Voldemort says he can possess people, but he can't do it for very long. So I got a good idea. Possess someone, then possess someone else until you get back to, I don't know, Lucius Malfoy and be like, I'm alive. Here's what you have to do mm-hmm. until you're ready. I'm going to go hide out in this tree in Albania. Um, Like, I don't know. He put a lot of expectations on his followers. And I think that was a little bit ridiculous just from the sense of they didn't know. They didn't know any, they didn't know what had happened, what to do, where to go. They didn't know. Yeah. So like, that's the only thing that doesn't really make sense there. Um, uh, The only thing that I had forgotten, again, it's a lot of monologuing that explains the whole plot up to this point. So, most of it's remembered, but we talked about this in the first book. Um, was did Harry kill uh, Quirrell? Um, like, but no, the actual thing that actually killed Quirrell was the was the act of Voldemort leaving his body. Leaving his body. So it turns yeah. out Harry not a murderer. That's nice. Excellent. I'm glad that we can clear that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything you had forgotten? Nothing really. I mean, again, yeah. a lot of monologue and a stuff. Lot of so, yeah. Again, you know, like I said, this is this, this could be my two favorite chapters we've read to this point. So if you're looking to to see what went on, I, I'd recommend just reading these two. They're fun on their own, standalone. Uh, quote that jumped out to you here. Um. So when he's talking to his Death Eaters about their guilt, Voldemort says. How could they not believe I would not rise again? They who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself from mortal death. So I feel like that's a reference to the Horcruxes and then maybe does answer the previous question that we were just talking about. Like, how could they possibly know? I guess maybe assuming if they knew that there were some Horcruxes involved, that they should have known that there was some portion of his spirit out there. Right. Um, But I guess... The interesting thing is, I don't think anybody really understood how Horcruxes worked, except for Voldemort, because I don't think he's a big, let me tell you all my plans kind of guy. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it sounds like he, that they were in the know. I think he expected them to know, but I think he also thinks people are smarter than, he's the kind of guy who, at the same time, thinking everyone else is an idiot, still thinks they are smarter than they are, which Mm -hmm. is why he's so mad they didn't go find him. But they didn't know where to go. Like Albania? I don't know, man. Like there's rumors, I guess, but like I want to I want a spin-off series of just Peter Pettigrew and how he figured out how to go and find Voldemort in well, Albania. Well, through the through through talking to other rats, yeah. Rats <laughs> don't like to go to Albania, so I better go there. It's it's, it's odd, yeah, odd. Very good stroke of luck, I'd have to say, for him to yeah. go and figure that out. Uh, the quote I the quote I marked down was him describing what his life was like after the incident in um, Godric's Hollow. I was ripped from my body. I was less than a spirit, less than the meanest ghost, but still I was alive. So that's just. And this is why it's ridiculous that he expected them to do anything with that. What was he? No one knows. No one knows. 
um, yeah, fun to read chapters. Um, not a lot happens though, because he just monologues the whole time. So MVP, LVP conversations. Where do you want to go for LVP? I'm looking at my notes right now and I have Voldemort for both. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you my, you can do that. I don't care. Um, but I'll tell you my LVP is in fact, Bertha Jorkins because she went to Albania. No problem. We'll get, we'll, we'll even give her a pass for the whole memory charm thing on her brain that she had information that she'd forgotten to put a memory charm. What are you going to do? It's powerful magic. Barty Crouch senior, good wizard, strong wizard. She let herself get tricked by Wormtail, man. Yeah. Which, like she had him. She had him and she's like, I'll go on a walk with you in the nighttime. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So I can go Bertha Jorkins because Wormtail sucks and he defeated you. That's fair. Um, I'm going to stick to Voldemort because he comes off a little too cocky and giving out all of this information in front of Harry. Uh, you know, like he's referencing the last names of all these death eaters. I thought they weren't supposed to be doing well, that, especially that's the in other front thing, of... That, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about, but I forgot I want to talk about it. So good call on bringing it up is we had this secrecy, except maybe we don't have it anymore. Yeah. Um, I think he he fully expected Harry to die this He definitely night. did. So definitely that's did. why I think he was fine doing that but here he is revealing all these names assuming that harry's not going to survive but now he is going to escape and he's going to get to use some of this information to his advantage especially going to get to try at least yeah exactly so I, i'll give it to him there but then i feel like i'm going to be talking about him again at the mvp so might well just let's go right there so, so to me voldemort is the mvp because he's the only real option yeah. um because everybody else just gets tortured or um or they suck criticized. up to him, basically. Yeah. So I'll go Voldemort because you know, oftentimes when bad guys do a lot of monologuing, it leads to their defeat or some sort of thwarting. But the monologuing isn't why Harry gets away. We'll no. talk about that uh next chapter when he actually gets away. So I I don't think it was preventable based on what happens. So I, I go Voldemort because there's that's it. He's the only yeah. real. I mean, real the, I agree. And that's who I pick. Like the dude's literally been gone for what, 13, 14 years. And all of, he still has this control, like hook, line and sinker over all of these people who come back and instantly serve him and start praising him. Like he's got such this big intimidation factor that works in his favor and we're seeing it in action this chapter yeah we are uh we definitely are so there it is voldemort um voldemort could be early could be a contender mvp yeah he just got three he's up up three in the positives so um (laughs) There's one new other thing we got to talk about, and there is a death now. So time yes. to break out saddest deaths. The reminder of our current list of deaths, least sad, Quirrell, then Nicholas and Perinel Flamel, then Frank Bryce, then Bertha Jorkins, and then currently number one with an asterisk is Buckbeak, because when Buckbeak actually dies, it was sad, but then luckily he comes back to life. So because of that, 
I think obviously Cedric Diggory, number one. Um, not Hands much down. to not much to talk about. It's not sad yet because right now we're all in shock. It's but going it will be to sad become. by the time we get to the end of the book. So, yeah. um, to me, there's only one contender that's even going to rival Cedric. I think as we as yeah. we go along, um, I would. Yeah, and that'll happen next book. Oh. Oh well, yeah, I no. Forgot about that. Yeah, I was thinking book too. seven. So there book may be a couple contenders. Well. Maybe could, a couple there, contenders. There will be. A I'm gonna. Contenders. Currently, we have Bertha number three and Frank Bryce number four. Knowing the information now that we have about Bertha and how she kind of just walked herself into that yeah, let's situation, let's I think that's got to be switched. Yeah, because Frank Bryce was just trying to do his job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Switched. Good. Excellent. Um. That's it for this week. Two chapters, but still, you know, relatively short episode, but that's okay. Next week we have everything will be revealed. Harry will escape and everything will be revealed. Uh, that's spoiler alert, but, you know, reread. Um, chapter 34, Priori Incantatum. I think that's saying correct. that a whole bunch. Yeah. And chapter 35, Veritaserum. So good stuff next week. Next week's going to be fun too. Because now we're going to finally get everything laid out for us. Um, we're going to have a big battle, and then everything's going to get laid out for us. Um, and then it, after that, only one more episode, right? I think so. I we think, have our we have our wrap up after that. We, yeah, we'll be doing no two more because we'll have the parting of ways, which is going to be an episode all on its own, and then the beginning is the final chapter. So. That episode will go through the final chapter and then kind of give her overall. We'll go. We'll do a little book. recap. We'll do a little recap, right? Because yeah, we could maybe do everything next week, but that'll be a really long episode, and I kind of like these short ones. So, as the makers of the podcast, we get to choose. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So okay. So three more episodes before we are done the book. Counting it down. Um, I'm excited. I am excited as well. And I'm excited for you to follow us on Instagram. You can do that at Harry Potter Reread Podcast. Check us out there and give us a follow and check along with what we're up to on the on that platform. Yeah, uh, you know, find us on your podcast podcast catchers. Subscribe. I don't know. Can we measure subscribers? I don't know. We get good. We we have some consistent listeners. We appreciate that. Um, so you know, keep listening. Um, let us know if you have thoughts on anything. I don't know, or don't, I don't, I don't really care. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to do at least three more episodes and then we'll do three more books. Let's do it. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's that. That's all I got. That's all I got. That was this episode. Uh, not our most graceful sign off, but we will sign off nonetheless. I'm David. That was Kyle. Bye. Bye.